Welcome to this week's deep dive. This week we're really excited because we have Jody Shaw from PPAI. Welcome, Jody. Hi. Hi. So we dragged you into this week's promo chat because we talked about education this week. And what we were interested in was what people were looking for, what people wished existed, and really like what are your motivations for becoming more educated about your industry, about your world, and everything else. So Jody, thanks for joining us on that one. Yeah, my pleasure. I actually really enjoyed the dialogue and the discussion that everybody was posting. So I was uh, taking some notes there as well. Just really great to hear from people and, and be able to read through everybody's perspectives. Perfect. Well, as the Promo Chat team, we're going to take full credit when we see our ideas show up at Expo, just to warn you. <laughs> we'll all stand there and be like, hashtag Promo Chat. <laughs> That is fair. That is fair. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we're going to start with your first question that we want to cover. So we asked, how do you pick the industry education classes you go to? Need, utility, curiosity. What are your goals when you go into those courses? And you came back with, we always ask our volunteer review committee to take a look at where the industry is headed, what content do we need to capture equals knowledge gap analysis, and what info do we need for the next five to ten years? Yep. So this is, this is like a big one. <laughs> yeah, there's and a lot in there. <laughs> there's a lot we could cover in that one. So what I'm really interested in is the knowledge gap analysis mm -hmm. of, uh, like I have experience working with you and your teams and um, from working on WLC, the Women's Leadership Conference, is how do you figure out the education for the event? And mm -hmm. after everything, you always get feedback, especially with your review committee of, you know, we want this on this and this on this and this and this, but there's also that idea of like, but we should answer, like we should cover this. We should look to the future on this one. So how do you guys figure out what's in that knowledge gap? Okay. So the very first thing I would say is kind of going back for our process. We start a year in advance and we put that information out there on our call for presentations. We put the feedback from each of the different committees and what information they want us to look forward to. So thinking through the strategic foresight programming that Paul did and some of the different presentations that we've been able to put out over the past year, we really do have those conversations with each of the different volunteer committees and really think through where are we at, where do we need to be, and let's think through the skills that we need to be able to get there. So we plan a year out for all of our events, and that means our call for presentations, we already have to have the format in mind and kind of what we're looking for in order to get people to actually submit those call for proposals on the topics that we're looking for. And then from there, as you mentioned, the committees, the volunteer committees review those in detail. So they are looking at speaker reels, they're looking at websites, they're looking at the takeaway messages, the descriptions, the person's bio, is this person the subject matter expert for that topic? And then we take all of the feedback. Each presentation is actually reviewed by three different reviewers. So every proposal that we get has multiple different perspectives on it. We take all that feedback and then we actually line up all the tracks. So as a participant, uh, you go to Expo, you go to Expo East, you see all of our different operational tracks. We've got sales, we've got marketing, but then we've also got our strategic foresight. We're planning ahead for those topics. Uh, so 
that information the presenter actually puts in that call for purpose uh, call for proposal when we actually uh, open that up so we already know what they're looking forward to as far as the track goes and then we look at what different content are we actually hosting so right now we have 200 presentation proposals they're broken up into these different tracks and then what other subjects are we missing i need to have more in diversity here i need to make sure we have more content in talking about mergers and acquisitions i need to make sure we've got more content in various different areas that are based on where we're currently at so from the very beginning where that call for presentations starts to where we are with the review process we are constantly keeping up to date and uh, looking forward so that is really honed in by our volunteer committees they really do keep a pulse on the industry they're all industry uh, members, their distributors, suppliers, business services, multi-line reps, and they all come together on a regular basis to help us. So that's really the overarching how we uh, how we plan ahead. There's so it doesn't just show up at Expo, like oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen not. overnight. And like your back project. <laughs> well, the other piece is on our off season when it's a little bit quieter. We're also going for our own professional development as well. So our staff will go to different conferences. We'll go to different places and look at several different things. Number one, is there a presenter outside the industry that is a subject matter expert that we should really pull in? Is there a different industry that has something similar going on that our industry can really learn from? Is there a format that works really well that we want to try to build into our own events? Are there different ideas that we, or discussions that we're hearing in different areas that we can bring back in to be able to perpetuate and have some dialogue within our industry? So beyond our industry specific content, we're looking from a format standpoint, we're looking from a uh, location standpoint for our summer events. How can we involve the city? Are there certain unique aspects that we can really hone in on? So all of that really does go into what content we're providing in which location. The other piece of that is our Expo and Expo East events have, as I mentioned before, they have the tracks in different operational content. So you've got sales, you've got marketing, uh, you've got corporate responsibility. So you've got different tracks. In our summer conferences, we've got our Women's Leadership Conference, our uh, SPARC Conference, which is our Young Professionals Conference, our North American Leadership Conference, our Tech Summit, and then our Product Responsibility Summit. So each of those conferences are focused on specific topics as well that are just unique to that group. So instead of going the idea of we need to have separate tracks and a lot of variety with the operational standpoint like we do for Expo and Expo East, our summer conferences really take the next step for leadership development and really hone in on where the participants are in their careers and what content they will need for the next 5, 10, 15 yeah. years out. So that's a really tough thing. Like, and I know this from like the conferences I've worked on, even in something on Expo is, is getting that range right. So that like 
the newbies to the industry aren't walking into something high level and being like, I'm really confused. And you, especially at Expo where you have the range of like customer service to executives. It's like, how do you make it interesting? And how do you have a draw where people, you know, at a certain level don't go, there's nothing for me. There's, this is it. This is it like that. So is, what's your thought process in going in and being like, making sure there's something for everyone? Like, is it, is your goal to always aim high and make sure everyone educates high or is it kind of like, okay, this is what we just need because someone out there needs to know about artwork because, and I can tell you not a lot of people do, but (laughs) yeah. So for Expo and Expo East, we really have the opportunity because we have multiple rooms running at the same time. So instead of, some of our summer conferences where we have more general sessions, everybody's together. And then there's a couple breakouts, then they come back together for the ebb and flow as far as the the format goes. For Expo and Expo East, we have multiple rooms where we can have the variety. And the trick there is, number one, knowing the persona of the participants. So looking at the data, we're able to say, okay, we know over the years, this, we are always going to have new to the industry. We're always going to have on the other spectrum, as you said, seasoned professionals. We need those MAS level courses. So within the context of the description and also the context of our certification uh, points that we've associated with that class, we have a couple different ways for participants to know what that class is really about and what level. So if it is a MS level class and it is in the description, this is for seasoned professionals, this topic will cover X, Y, and Z, those those participants that are looking for that gravitate towards those topics. And now on our new event site, you can actually select the track that you want. So you can select by CAS. So um, more of our foundational content. So our new to the industry is a track. Uh, If you're looking for something that's based on strategic foresight, so we're looking five, 10 years out, that is a track. Uh, So you can actually select what you're interested in for those events so that you can have a detailed schedule and kind of pick and choose. So that's one, one piece for those events. And then for our summer events, we have, as you said, our committees really pull together some of that what topics we really want to hone in on. For instance, this year for Spark. Spark's going to be always on our July event calendar, and that is our Young Professionals Conference. So we have two themes this year. We've got personal leadership development, and then we have shaping the industry of tomorrow. So those are two very large topics, but within the confines of two and a half days, we're able to get some (laughs) really great content perpetuated from our industry and also external outside the industry speakers as well. So we have the opportunity to have more hands-on training in not just theoretical, but really uh, something where participants are going to walk away with the knowledge, with the skills, and really be able to actually take it back to their companies. Because what we've seen is even for myself, when I go to a conference, I don't want to keep that information, the information that I just learned to myself. I want to share that information with others. So for example, I went to an association day event and that was here locally and I was able to 
go to a really great session on email marketing. So knowing what day and time specifically people have the highest open rates, click-through rates, obviously with video marketing and things like that. Uh, we really want to stay up to date with all of that but then also utilize that content. So I was able to take that back to my marketing department and say, hey, here are some additional times. Here are the, the days that are peak uh, from yeah, Here's the nugget that I've brought for you in exactly. terms of information. And that it makes like, a difference. Oh. Yeah, because I always try like after every conference is come back and be like, okay, yeah. I'm not gonna make you sit through my whole thing, but here are the things right. that I like. I want you to remember and that really struck me as like having an impact on everyone. And, yes. Yeah. So what are those key kernels that need yeah. to be uh, <laughs> focused in on? Yeah. So here's my question for you in terms of topics and figuring out topics. What are the ones, and I won't tell Paul if it's a weird question, <laughs> what are the ones where you're like, stop asking for it, we've done it and you don't show up for the class? <laughs> or what are the ones where you're like, I thought this would be more popular and one of the ones you most excited about for next year. So mm, what's the one okay. to stop asking for? Okay. So is this it social media, because I have opinions on that. <laughs> no, actually it's not because social media is always changing, right? Yeah. We have uh, Snapchat was really popular with certain demographics. Instagram's with really popular with other demographics. So that is always evolving. I don't think that's the topic that I would hone in on for that, that particular <laughs> for one. Uh, for me, I would say reviewing the different proposals that are out there. Uh, we are now in 2019 and I'm still getting proposals about uh, millennials and how to work oh with- Oh my God, yes. And, um, <laughs> I, I can just tell you that that is one of those that I we're slowly but surely working towards a different route when it comes to talking about different generations, right? So yeah. yes, we have Gen Z coming up, and Gen not Z just is in the workforce. This is what drives me nuts. People exactly. talk about millennials, and I'm like, they're but, thirty. They own homes. They have kids. Some of them are putting their kids through college. Yes. We're not disrupting the industry anymore. There's yes. the ones behind us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's not talking about the stereotypes. I really focusing on over and over on the stereotypes isn't really helping us. Uh, I think what is really helping us is really talking about diversity from a different standpoint. So I know um, a lot of people, when we say diversity, it's a really big topic. And that's something we want to hone in on but people often gravitate towards just the, the generational piece. And working with millennials is over and over uh, as far as the presentation proposals, and that's just not something that is still relevant. We really wanna talk about not just working with different ages, but we wanna work with different ethnic groups. We wanna work with different, uh, different participants, getting them into the industry to start, and then also the idea that we can have different levels within our company. So the idea that we can start training our staff to take over, the idea that millennials are owning companies. They are not just the frontline sales staff that um, some of these presentation proposals are, are putting forth, which every company is different, but those are different types of presentation proposals, we'd love yeah. to be able to see maybe the 2.0. Maybe if it is a topic um, on finance, maybe it is 
for millennials on how to go ahead and get ready to buy or sell a company. You know, if you're planning ahead, well, that next generation. That is really interesting if you're going to hone in on that particular age group, but taking it from a different context versus just communication styles and kind of breaking that down. Yes, <laughs> communication is important, and we should always have content that's about communications and really looking at the broader spectrum and yeah. thinking about culture and what we really want to create there and not diving into that one little niche. So yeah, and it's so true. Is. And like, I love what PPI, how PPI has made like diversity a factor and like, because it should be. And it's, if yes. we're in 2019 and we're going, yeah, diversity matters. And, and yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's one of those, like, it's, if you have to ask why you're not thinking about it properly, like you're also like, I mean, I made a comment on Charity Gibson's podcast is like, if you're doing a panel and it is all white men, something's wrong with your network that you couldn't think of anyone else to be a woman in that group, to be a person yeah. of color in that group, to be young in that group. Yes. It's like, because those voices bring so much more to what's happening and yes. already industry. I'm not, and I can say this for our industry, but I know it's general is that an echo chamber can happen where yes. you start to hear from the same voices again and again. And so they start to shape how things are doing without leaving a lot of room open for like, voices of dissent or people going like, what if we did it this way? What if we change it? And if you're not making yeah. that space for them, then that's really important. And I love, so do you want to go on and what PPI has done about for diversity? Cause I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it really goes back to the idea of culture and really being able, as you said, getting people more voices around the table and even thinking through the knowledge gap, right? So if we have staff that are seasoned professionals and they are about to retire, yeah, we need our training. We need to have that culture of learning and being able to communicate and the answers on why and being able to have that, that journey for all of our staff. And I think you said it very well, looking at your panels, looking at your company, looking at your department and seeing, okay, what positions are we going to need for the next five years, 10 years? It's not going to be the same positions necessarily, or at least the same job descriptions that were there 15 years ago. Yeah. So we need to start thinking through the future of our industry. And that means a couple things. That means that we are looking internally and then also looking at your training piece, looking at your best hiring piece. So with hiring practices, we always get asked, okay, so we talk about diversity. How do we get more folks into the industry? And I would say, think through the actual interview process. So if you're able to ask behavioral based questions, if you're able to uh, get your job postings to different areas, don't just keep putting it down that same to that one space over and over again, maybe diversify where you're actually posting your job postings. Uh, and then also think up to different networks because ex you're exactly. looking at your network and just finding the exact same people, it means you're finding the exact same people like you. And right. it means that you're not, 
you're not broadening or you're no, yes. or, you know, even looking within your ranks and pulling up is like, there's a lot of companies that are large and yeah, they're like, Oh, we have women, we have blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but in your top, they're right. all the same. So yes. no one is telling you something different and no one is, you know, and as a result, it creates these blinders on certain markets, on yeah. certain ideas, on certain like growth channels. If you are just like, well, we all, like if you all grow up with the same background, the same voices, you're all seeing the same thing unless mm-hmm. you make an effort to. Absolutely. That unconscious bias that everybody has, you are automatically going to have a piece that is unconscious bias, but you need to know that and be able to work to be able to pull in more diverse thoughts, people, uh, and really also going back to your last point, mentorship. We need to think through mentorship differently. So uh, going back to our Spark Conference, one of the things that we're actually doing this year is we're talking about mentor-mentee relationships and how to create those. But one of the key takeaways is that your mentor should not always agree with you. It should not be the person that has always says, yes, you want the diverse responses. You need to be able to have those conversations that are difficult, that are ongoing, and that is where those mentorship uh, relationships really come into play and are really important for getting more people to that executive level, to be able to get more folks around that table that have the experience, that have the different perspectives that have more of a pulse in your company, in the industry, and really be able to benefit your company as a whole and the industry as a whole. There's only positive that can come out of that. Uh, so our, our, uh, my colleague, actually, Julie Kwan, she's done a fantastic job at being able to put some of that content out there. So at Expo East, she actually presented a session on best interview practices with the behavioral questions. Uh, and that's actually on our online education platform now for Expo East. So if you want to check it out, it is now available on demand. Uh, shameless yeah, plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that content is something that we are building out so that you don't have to have these mystery concepts. Uh, how do I do that? How do I, What are the action items? We are actually starting to incorporate them into our summer conferences. We're incorporating them into our online education. We're incorporating them throughout our events so that that information is not just theoretical. It is action and you can actually use it and start really making a difference in the industry. The other piece is uh, really being able to just have a realistic conversation with what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, and really knowing that for yourself and then looking at your bigger sphere. Right. Yeah. And it goes so if you're missing me. something, go seek it out. Yeah. Find out more information. I think the, uh, the idea of lead with curiosity, that is one of my big things. I listen to podcasts every day on my way home and to and from work. And it has really benefited me because I'll take a kernel. I'll, I'll take a, a little piece and I'll be able to apply it somewhere else. What if I hadn't thought about that? Oh, that's, that's something different. Let me find out more instead of, Oh, that's different. I I don't want to go down that route. So 
I, the podcast I'm listening to right now is an occult, and so I'm like, maybe I won't take any like any inspiration from this one. But I love that lead with curiosity because it's it's so true. Is like you have to be able to you have to be aware of your own knowledge gaps because otherwise you're never gonna succeed. You're never gonna get better. You're always gonna be really good at one thing instead of expanding out. And and yeah, you challenge yourself. Like and I challenge everyone. Like go find a course at Expo that you're not sure about. Worst thing, they're all they're so available for you and or yep. even like your online PBI has an amazing online um, resource database of just courses past and future and mm-hmm. yeah they're fabulous so one of those other things that we're really starting to hone in on for our online education my colleague Melissa Weber oversees our online education platform and we do have live webinars every other week on Wednesdays and really looking forward to hearing from new voices and so we are actively looking for new presenters on topics so one thing that i always encourage young professionals to do is really think through the content that you know and that you are a subject matter expert i think there is a big gap in the confidence level of some as you're starting out you're learning but once you get to that point where you really do have a great handle on something and it's not just from you know, case studies are great, um, but really being able to take that knowledge and be able to share it. So I always encourage folks to get out and present, whether it's at your local association, it's at different events, it's even within your own company. Those presentations, that sharing of knowledge is going to be really key. We are now in the age of sharing information and it goes two ways. So one thing we are doing here at PPAI is really looking for those new voices. So we work with our publications team and say, hey, are there any good uh, writers that have been great to work with and on topics? And they're always a great source of collaboration. And uh, so we'll pull in some of the different resources from there, some of our different events. uh, We definitely cross-pollinate. So uh, if there's a topic that came across in our presentation proposal platform that maybe wasn't the right fit for that particular event, our committees, our volunteer committees will say, that might be a great one for this other event, in which case we'll kind of move that along uh, potentially to that other event if that makes the most sense. So we do try to look forward to those new voices. And I think that is important as we're trying to create that environment in which it is inclusive. So it's not just the same voices we are trying to create that diversity within the present, uh, the actual presenters, within our own staff, uh, and then also really thinking through the industry as a whole. So how do we get those next generation yeah. into the industry? So basically, if you're listening to this and you're like, I could do that, sign up for it, apply for it. And if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I could never do that, you're wrong. Just go try it because you're going to be able to do it. And if not, you're going to get better at it for the next time. Like, yep, presenting is not something... And this is our, we had a quick conversation beforehand, presenting your first presentation you do, you're awful at, you're just terrible. You're not able to read the room. You're not able to do it properly, but you get better and you get more comfortable. And until you get to the point where you're just like, yeah, whatever. Although every time I've done a presentation, like minutes beforehand, I'm like, I could just leave the room. They'll never find me. (laughs) I get so nervous. (laughs) 
Yes, learning to quiet the inner monologue and the inner fear yeah. is something that every presenter ends up having to work through at some point. And yeah. so really, the more you do it, the easier it is. Same with everything. Yeah. Well, Jody, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for joining us on Promo Chat. Uh, thank you again to our sponsors, uh, Maple Ridge Farms, for being so supportive of education and everyone's education. Like if you follow what they do, they're fabulous at supporting internal education and support. Molly from uh, MFR, she just finished her Toastmasters along with uh, some other staff members. So don't think you're like, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to be. You can always keep getting better. So Jody, where can we find you and PPI on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, there's a couple different things we've talked about today. So the call for presentations, we actually have open all year round. So if you go to ppai.org slash call dash for dash presentations, that is where you'll find all the events, all the dates, and then also the topics we're looking for and the ability to go ahead and create an account, submit your uh, bio, your key takeaways, your really important, your video, your speaker reel. We love seeing the presentation ideas via video ahead of time and our, our proposal uh, reviewers enjoy that as well. So that's one location. If you have questions, uh, I'm also at Spark. So uh, come to Spark if you've got young professionals in the industry. We hope to see them there in July. And I'm also at Expo as well. So of course, I will see all of you there. And if you've got follow-up questions, my email address is J-O-D-Y-S, as in Shaw, at ppai.org. Perfect. Well, thanks so much. And remember, everyone join us every Wednesday at noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern. Take care. Bye, everybody.